Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Tonight, we're doing a kind of a special lesson to start the year off. And then starting next week, we're doing a new series. The series is called Binge the Bible. And we're going to be going over, a nine, over nine weeks. Yeah, every week at Refuel, over nine weeks, we're going to be going from cover to cover, from front to back. We're going to go through the entire Bible in nine weeks. Somebody asked if we we're going to be reading the whole thing at Refuel. Uh, there's no way we're going to do that. We're going to be giving you a bird's eye view of the whole story of the Bible starting next week. But tonight, I want to talk to you about leveling up. Um, that, that phrase may mean different things to different people. Um, I'm not, who here, you're, you'll admit you are a gamer. You're a gamer. You, you, you will spend inordinate amounts of time in front of the TV. Okay, I'm not a gamer, but when I was a kid and when I was a teen, I wanted to be one. My mom had this idea that if you, you, she would not allow us to have a video game console in the house. Not because she thought it was like the spawn of Satan or something, but she thought it was like unhealthy. She's like, you don't need to spend that much time from the TV. So guess what I did? I spent all my waking hours at my friends' houses playing their video game systems. And I had one friend named Marcus, um, and I went to his house all the time. And uh, April, well, I don't know if April's up here. Um, she's probably cleaning up. Um, April realized, because you, know, you, know, you all know April's a cougar, right? You know, we haven't, she's a little older than I am. We realized that we didn't even know each other back then, but I would stay at my friend Marcus's house and play video games and stuff. And he had an older brother who you know, she was part of his friend group and you know, her and their friends would all hang out at the same house. And I was one of the annoying little kids that annoyed the group of mature teenagers and now we're married. It's kind of funny. Anyway, um, I, w- I would go to my friend Marcus's house, and we would play on his Super Nintendo. And you all ever, yeah, you, you, they re-released it. Yeah, yeah, you ever played a Super Nintendo console? A, video, a game called Wolfenstein 3D. It was the first, well, I know there's been re-released, Wolfenstein 3D. And the premise of the game is you're trying to kill Nazis. I mean, it's a very, you know, it's kind of a typical, like, shoot 'em up game. You're trying to kill Nazis. Who doesn't want to kill a Nazi? Um, and in what, <laughs> was that inappropriate? What, do you, what else do you do with a Nazi, right? They're bad people. Anyway, um, so the, the game is you're trying to kill Nazis, and every level, you start at the level one, every level has a boss, you know what I mean by that? Every level, when you get to the end of the level, there's this big guy that you have to kill. He's really hard to kill. And every, every time you level up, the boss gets harder to kill, and he gets bigger and bigger. And this is, this is the level nine boss of Wolfenstein 3D, and he was almost impossible to kill. So what I mean by leveling up, we think about that with video games, you know, with, 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 with the games you like to play. We think about it with elevators. You know, we, there are all kinds of you know, mental images we can think of when we think of leveling up. But I want to talk tonight about what it means to level up spiritually. You know, some people are saying that like Omicron is like the boss of COVID. This is like the final boss of COVID, if only, right? Um, so we're, we're going to talk, what does it mean to level up spiritually? You know, we didn't get to have tag night because you guys like pancakes, but in tag, we were gonna, I was going to ask, have your leader ask the question, what does it mean to be a, a mature Christian? 
What does it mean to be a mature Christian? There are a lot of answers. If I asked everybody um, that question, there'd probably be different, a lot of different people would have different answers. When I was growing up, a lot of the answers that were told to me, because I kind of grew up in a, I guess you could say, um, went to a kind of a very, very conservative school um, that had some strict dress codes and stuff. So a mature Christian, some people might say that they dress a certain way. You know, they, 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 they dress a certain way. Like, you know, you, 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 you wear, wear a certain kind of pants, certain kind of shirt, you know, like, like have a certain kind of haircut, don't have long hair, don't have short, whatever. Um, I got in trouble because the day before graduation, I I shaved my head, and they said, uh, yeah, they, they said it was an inappropriate haircut because it was too long. So they told me, you need to get a haircut before graduation. So I just took a razor and shaved my head. But um, you know, some people say the way you look or the, you, the clothes that you wear, you know, if you dress you know, very modestly or conservatively, you're a mature Christian. Some people say it's the music that you listen to. And, and there are a lot of people like to have you, know, you back and forth over what's the right kind of music. Should we be listening to Bethel? You know, should a, should a Christian listen to a certain kind of music? Should every, you know, every Christian live, like, listen to like music that sounds like a funeral dirge or like Gregorian chants? Or, you know, people get, you, you, you mightn't believe it, you might not believe it. People get really worked up about music and they think like this certain kind of music is what you got to be a mature Christian. Um, you know, some people, if you, were, if you were a kid and you grew up in church, you might be familiar with this. Your mature Christians win all the sword drills. Anybody know what I mean by a sword drill? Has anybody, has anybody partaken in a, participated in a sword drill? Okay, for those that haven't, here, here's the general premise. It's in a Sunday school class. You, you know, the, the teacher has everybody hold their Bible up and then they're gonna say like some like random verse of the Bible, like Lamentations you know, 1-7. And everybody tries to get there and the first person to get there wins and they get like a piece of candy because it was like, it's kind of like training a dog in Sunday school. Anytime you do something good, they give you a piece of candy. Ooh, Piece candy, ooh, piece candy. You know, so you, if you can find the verse real fast in your Bible, you're a mature Christian. And then some would say, if you know big theological words, you're a mature Christian. If you know everything there is to know in Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, and you can tease out the nuances between an Arminian approach to soteriology and, 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 a, and, a, and a Calvinistic approach to soteriology, that you are a mature Christian. But tonight in God's word, I want to show you that what a mature Christian is about is about leveling up spiritually to a life that, the life that God wants you to live. It's kind of, if, yeah, the lesson in a sentence tonight is that 2020 is the year for me and the year for you to level up spiritually. So if you have your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter five. And Hebrews is a pretty intense book and we're not going to, for all of you that do read Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology, we're not gonna get into some of the nuances there in, in Hebrews, but it's a pretty intense book. But we're gonna read Hebrews chapter five. For those of you that aren't sword drill champions, I'm gonna give you a, a moment to turn there. Um, Hebrews chapter five. Some of you are already there and you feel really good about it, right? You're like, I am a mature Christian. Um, but Hebrews chapter 5, the, the words are on the screen there in case you didn't bring your Bible or you, don't, you, can, you can't find it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, we're going to read verses 7 through 12, and here's what it says. It says, in the days of his flesh, meaning when he walked the earth, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he had suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation 
to all who obey him. That's good news. Being designated by God as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. About this we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he's a child. But solid food is for the mature, who, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So we're going to talk about what it means to level up spiritually. And I need three strong guys. You really don't have to be that strong. You don't really even have to be a guy if you don't want to. Okay, um, Gabe, Maddie, and Jackson, I just need you to find an empty chair maybe over here and just set it in front of me. All three of you. All three of you, just find a chair set in front of me. Any chair, any old chair will do. Just set, set, set them in a row right down here. That'll, that, that'll do. So that's all I needed from you. You can have a seat. Everybody give it up. Thank them for moving chairs. They found their spiritual gift, chair moving. It's very important in churches. Um, <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to talk about what it means to level up. And the first thing that we need to do when it talks about leveling up spiritually, growing up as a Christian, is we need to understand how many, how many levels of spirituality are there? Is it like Wolfenstein? Are there nine levels? Are there 10 levels? Is it like James Bond 007 Goldeneye? Are there like 30 levels? What I want to submit to you is that there are two levels of Christianity. We say, Matt, why are there three chairs? Because there are three kinds of people that walk the earth. And I want to explain by using these chairs the three kinds of people that walk the earth. And you're going to see the three kinds of people in the verses that we just read. So I want to show you the first kind of person. Look back in verse 7. It talks about what Jesus did when he walked on the earth, how he lived a perfect life. He died in our place, and that was not easy. I guess you could say that was the hardest thing God ever did emotionally because you see in verse 7 it says that Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. Why did Jesus cry? Why did Jesus pray loudly and sorrowfully to God the Father? It's because he knew that he would die on a cross and when he died on the cross every sin that I would ever commit and you would ever commit and the world would ever commit would be placed on him and he would, have to, he would have to feel and bear that shame. Are we in London? <laughs> no. uh, he would ha- that when Jesus was on the cross, he would have to bear that shame. And he would have to experience separation from God the Father. But we'll look in verse 9. It says, and being made perfect. Or another way to understand that would be, and having been, his, his work been made complete. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Salvation is short for meaning being saved. Being saved from what? Being saved from our sin. Every one of us, if you've come to church, you know this, and you're like, Matt, why are you rehashing it? You'll see in a second. Every one of us is born a sinner with a sin nature. You didn't have to be taught to do wrong, right? 
Your parents didn't have to say, okay, this is how you lie to us. Yeah, this is how you use that disrespectful tone to us. This is how you beat up your brother. You, nobody had to teach you to do that. It came naturally. And some of you are really good at it, right? Like, like really good at it. We're all born sinners and we need a savior. We need someone to save us from our sins. So this is the first chair. And the reason that there are two levels of Christianity but three chairs is because here's where everybody starts. Everybody starts in this chair. Everybody is a sinner. But the, here's the good news that Jesus was, in verse 9, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. The Bible says it this way, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So some people in this world are in this chair. They are still responsible for their sins. Without someone to save them, they will spend an eternity in a place called hell. But the good news is that Jesus is able and willing to save those who call on his name. So then we get to the next chair. This is the chair of people who called on Jesus' name. They put their trust in him and they're saved. Jesus said it this way. I read it this morning in my daily Bible reading in John chapter three that Jesus compared being saved to being born again, a spiritual birth. Have you ever seen a freshly born baby? Like, like a newborn baby. Like they can't do anything for themselves, right? But they're humans. Like they don't look very human. I think newborn babies look ugly. But, like, like they're, but they're humans, right? They're humans, Look at what you see in verse 11. He says about, about this, about how Jesus saved us and all the little details. We have much to say, but it's hard to explain because you become dull of hearing. By this time, you ought to be teachers, but we need to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. You see what he's calling them? He's saying, you've been saved for a long time, but you're still spiritual infants. You've never grown up. It's good news that you're not, you, know, you don't have to worry about facing the wrath of God at the end of your life. I mean, it's good news that you've been saved by Jesus, but you're like a baby in Jesus and you've never grown up. In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and chapter 3, the apostle Paul explains it the same way. He says, I wish I could address you as spiritual people, but you are like babies in Christ, you're carnal people. So there's, there's, there's this person here who's not saved. They don't know Jesus. Their sins have not been forgiven. There's this person who has been saved, believed in Jesus, but has never grown up in Jesus. But look at chair number three. It says about this, verse 11, we have much to say since you become dull of hearing. For this time you ought to be, what? You ought to be teachers. So one thing we know about the person who has leveled up and made, made it to level two, the final level of Christianity, the level that God calls us to, is that they are not only learning about God, but they're helping other people. They're teaching other people. And we'll get to it here soon. That does not mean you have to stand in front of people and talk like I am. Like it scares me to death every time I do it. It's like Code Brown right there, scared to death, right? You, you, teaching does not mean necessarily like what I'm doing here. We'll get into that here. So the first thing is, Someone who's leveled up, they're making disciples. They're reaching out to people. But as you keep reading, verse 14, it says, solid food, you know, as you get older, right, you start eating. Have you ever, you ever fed a baby and they spit the food back out at you? No? Anybody ever fed a baby? 
It's not fun. It's frustrating, right? Um, they spit the food. The older you get, the more solid food you can get down, and then you can finally be like John Cena here and eat a big T-bone steak and get all jacked and caked up, right? Um, but you have to be mature in order to digest and eat and chew that food. It says solid food is for the mature who have their powers of discernment trained. The word for that is, gym, well, to say it in West Virginia, gymnasio, but in Greek it's gymnasio. It's the same word that we get gym at. It refers to a place where Greco-Roman athletes would go and train. I looked it up in Blue Letter Bible and actually said where Greek, where, where Greek athletes would train naked. Um, you know, but but you know, they, where people would train for athletic games. It was a gym. So it, I guess you could say solid food is for the mature. By their powers of discernment, they have been trained. They have gone to the gym. They have worked out by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So here's what we learn about this level two person, this person who is a disciple maker. They not only make disciples, but they have spiritual habits. They've made it a point in their life to spend time in God's word, to talk to God, and to live for God every day. They train themselves. So one of the questions that maybe we would need to ask is, which of these levels are you at? Have you been saved? The good news is here, but the question is, have you responded? Have you called on Jesus' name? Have you put your trust in him? Are you in chair number one? Or are you in chair number two? You're saved. You know, you can go back to the time and place when you placed your faith and trust in Jesus, but for some reason, you've just never started maturing. For some reason, like, you just keep slipping back into old patterns and you want so much to have a relationship with God that is on point. Or are you in this, this, this final chair, this level two? You've leveled up to where you're looking around the room and you're like, I wonder if that person needs encouragement. I wonder if that person needs encouragement. You're trying your best. Not always perfect, not perfect, but you're spending time talking to God every day through prayer, reading your Bible, being part of your church, um, being involved, doing things for God, and you're making it a constant practice. So that's the, those are the levels. Does that make sense? That makes sense. You have this person who is not a Christian. Then you have this person who's leveled up. They put their faith and trust in God. They become a Christian. And then you have this person who is living the life that God has planned for them and living in fellowship with God. So those are the levels. But we also need to look at what is the cost of someone not leveling up? What's the cost of somebody not leveling up? What's the cost of the person here saying, I think I'm good where I am? Well, man, that's pretty severe, isn't it? What's the cost of never putting your faith in God? It's never having a purpose for your life, not having the assurance that when you die, you'll be with Jesus, and it's being an enemy of God all your life, a, a, a back and forth with God all your life, and after death, eternity in a place of suffering called hell. For someone who doesn't level up by putting their faith in Jesus, Man, the cost is severe and eternal. We say, well, Matt, you know, I've leveled up. <laughs> I'm a level one. I'm a level one Christian, and I kind of like it because, you know, I've got my fire insurance policy. I'm not going to burn in hell, you know. <laughs> but I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want to, and I know when I die, you know, I'll go to heaven, and that's all good. Well, what are some of the costs of not leveling up to being a disciple maker of Jesus Christ? I wrote down a few of those costs 
The first is no fellowship with God. You don't have an ongoing relationship with God. When the, when the proverbial poo hits the fan in your life, when your grades go down, when somebody in your family passes away, when your boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with you, you are at a loss. Because you don't have somebody, you don't have God that you can turn to and receive help from and receive wisdom from through his word. Because you're so out of shape spiritually. You have missed opportunities for spiritual growth. Not leveling up to being a disciple maker means that you're not prepared for the spiritual battles that will come. You think you may be doing okay spiritually now. Wait till next year. Wait till prom. You know, wait till next summer. The question is not if, it's when Satan will attack you. This may be the most difficult for me to think about and the saddest to me is that because you won't level up, you won't commit your everyday life to Jesus, there are people who won't hear about the hope of Jesus. Isn't it sad that there are people that are in this chair, that are in the hallways of your school, that are uh, on your soccer teams, that are where you work, and there's, they, and, and unless somebody tells them about Jesus, they will not have that hope after death. And God said, Jesus said, as, God, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you to those people. And when we don't obey God, when we don't level up, they don't hear about Jesus. If we don't level up, baby Christians will not mature. Did you know that there are people in this youth group that are Christians and they desperately need somebody to take them by the hand, maybe literally, maybe just figuratively, and say, let me show you how to live for Jesus. Let me show you how to study the Bible and read the Bible for yourself. Come hang out with me on Friday night instead of hanging out with those losers. There are people that want to grow up in Christ, but they need someone to help them. And you're the someone that God has put in their life and you're the someone that God has put in their youth group. And also Christians who have fallen will never have someone to pick them back up. The book of Ecclesiastes says, whoa, how sad is it for the person who falls and has no one to pick them back up. I got in a lot of trouble at school. Anybody else with me like that? Like, like that's me. I got in a lot of trouble at school and the teachers, yeah, a lot of teachers kind of wrote me off, but there was one teacher who found me. He proverbially, I guess you could say, picked me back up. And because of Mr. Greg Page, I was able to grow in my walk with Jesus. We had the tutors club. He said, Matt, every time you don't get in trouble, every week you don't get in trouble at school, I'm gonna buy you a tutor's biscuit and we're gonna eat it together. I mean, two biscuits. We don't eat the same biscuit. Um, but, and every week I didn't get in trouble. We didn't get a biscuit every week because I still got in trouble. And that made such an impact on my life. You know, we talk a lot about COVID and we should. We, take, we try to take precautions when we can and follow mandates when we can. I understand it. Did you know what, well, you know because it's on the screen, the number one killer of people 45 and under is, it's not COVID, it's not car accidents, it's not suicide, it's fentanyl overdoses, it's drug overdoses. And I've been a youth pastor long enough and a lot of our youth leaders have been youth leaders long enough to know that those addictions they start in high school, some start in middle school, and they start because there are people that are walking your halls right now that have zero hope. And the best thing they can do in their minds is to escape by putting a drug in their arm. The cost of being a Christian not leveling up to being a disciple maker, someone who invests in the life of others, 
is pretty darn serious. That was kind of heavy, so this is a good one. You ready for the good one? You're like, yes, give me the good one, get me out of here, snow day tomorrow. The final thing, look at the opportunity in 2022. I had to say it this way. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Abby and Haley, you got my back back there. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. I'm excited about some of the opportunities that God has in my life and that God has in your life to level up in 2022. I wanted to, it's, it, the verses weren't on the screen, but I want to direct your attention to right after. This is kind of a harsh statement, right? Hey, you guys are, he's essentially saying, you guys are babies and you need to grow up, is what he's saying to these Hebrews, these Hebrew Christians. After he says that, he says in in, in verse one of chapter six, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. These are people who've messed it up. They failed. They're not growing in Christ the way they should have been growing in Christ. And when, when I try to help somebody and I try to teach somebody and they don't, you know, they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, I get frustrated. You ever get frustrated with people? You ever get frustrated with somebody on your team that you, you've tried to help and you've tried to help and you've tried to help? You still suck, you know? Like, like come on, man. Like, put in a little effort. Like, like I, I, I should probably be more understanding and more forgiving. And I'm working on that. But do you see God, you see the heart of God here? These are people, they didn't just mess up a few times. There were people in this church who were walking away from their faith because they were being persecuted. They were refusing to go to church because they were afraid they would get, uh, they, they would be arrested. They were giving up spiritually. And do you see what God had a message for them? This message is, therefore, let us go to maturity. He had not given up on these people and God hasn't given up on you either. God still has a plan for your life and God still has a pathway for you to be one of these people who's living a life for God that is incredible and, and, and that is so life-giving to you and to others. And as long as you're breathing, which is a little harder these days, as long as you're breathing, you can still grow in Christ. So I want you to look at the opportunity. Make 22 the year you level up. He says, hey, Matt, how do I level up? Well, I got two minutes and I got four points. And I tried to make them F words, but I just couldn't, I couldn't make the F words happen. So maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get some F words here soon. Um, but how, how can I level up spiritually? Well, I wrote down a few things. Um, and the first is to develop a habit of hitting God's gym daily. What does it mean to hit God's gym? Well, the CrossFit set, I ain't saying she's a gains digger, but she ain't hitting on no CrossFitter. Um, the CrossFit set for every disciple is like this. You have to have a clean diet. If you want to excel athletically, you can't be eating ho-hos and ding-dongs for supper every night, right? You know what those are, right? That's food, okay? Uh, you, you can't be eating ho-hos and ding-dongs for supper every night if you want to ex- excel athletically. So here's what you need to be doing. You need to be taking God's word in every day. You need to have a clean diet of spiritual food. Think about it. How much are you being preached to by God? How much is God speaking to in your, into your life versus how much is Miley speaking into your life? How much is... Shawnee Poo, Shawn Mendez speaking into your life? How much is Netflix speaking into your life, 
right? Are you on a, I'm not saying those things are necessarily bad, but the question is, are you on a diet of spiritual junk food or are you on a clean diet? Another part of having a clean diet is responding to what you, what you read, living out the Bible. This is one of the big points here in Hebrews is that Christian maturity is not being able to re, you recite all the, all the doctrinal nuances that, that you need to know, but it's actually living what the Bible says. So how's your diet? And the next thing you need, if you want to be, if you want to get some gains, if you want to hit God's gym daily, is you need a gym partner. You need a gym partner. And the next thing, I tried to make these super practical. And by the way, some of you are really intimidated by studying the Bible, really intimidated by how do I pray. Have you downloaded the Refuel app? I'm not trying to plug our, our stuff, you know. Download the Refuel app. Go onto the app store. You can even do it right now if you want. Go on the App Store, download the Refuel Students app. You'll see we have some reviews. I think one review is by Jeff Burdick. The other review is by Kanye. Um, but, uh, <laughs> or somebody purporting to be Kanye. Um, but um, on the Refuel app, we have a section on the app that, can, that walks you through a Bible study that shows you how to read the Bible and understand. We have a prayer section to where if you need someone to pray for you, you can put the little prayer request in there, hit send, and it'll come to me, and I send it out to the, to the refuel leaders, and you have a team of people praying for you. Download the refuel app. But the next one is begin meeting with other Christians to build them up in Christ. You see here it says, you ought to be teachers. This, this, this next level, leveling up spiritually, is that you ought to be teachers, and that word for, for teachers is didasco. It's that word where we get didactic for a literary term. It means a conversation. It doesn't mean me standing up here talking to you. It means you having a back and forth with somebody about God. And, you know, what a great opportunity some of you have to build each other up spiritually. Just a thought. Just an idea. Find one person that you can build each other up in Christ. Say, and, and, and have them commit. Let's get together once a week. During lunch, we'll sit behind our death shield as we eat our lunch. <laughs> we'll sit behind the shield, you know, and you tell me what you learned from God's word this past week, and I'll tell you what you learned, or I'll, I'll tell you what I learned from God this past week. We'll hold each other accountable in growing up with Jesus, and we'll build each other up spiritually. The next, pray for an opportunity to share the gospel with others. I'm trying to make these super practical, but I keep in my little journal a three by five card with names of people I'm praying will be saved. And some of them are you guys, like some of them are you, teenagers, some of them are people in my neighborhood, some of them are family members that aren't saved. Start praying for those people and you will be shocked how often God gives you opportunities to speak the truth into their life. Then the final is, get in the game. Some of you may be in this seat. There were people that I went to school with at my Christian school who were in this seat and they had chapel and they had Bible lessons and they you know, memorized verses and, and you know, wrote about great theologians but they never called on Jesus' name and never put their faith in Jesus. Has there been a time in your life where you have shifted your trust from you to Jesus? You called on his name and you trusted him to save you. If not, make tonight the night you level up. I don't know about you but I'm feeling 22. Tonight could be your night. Put your trust in Jesus. So let me pray for you, and we'll get out of here. Oh God, thank you for this night. Uh, thank you that it's a new year, and it reminds us, you tell us your mercies are new every morning. It reminds us that even though we really, I think if we're all honest, we really haven't 
lived maybe the way we should have been living in 2021, but you've given us this new opportunity, God. So I pray for people that need to get in the game, um, people that have never put their trust in you, God. They won't wait, 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 wait. We don't know how many years we have left, that they'll start this year off right and put their trust in you and be saved tonight. Oh God, I pray for people that, that, that have just kind of been going through the motion spiritually. God, that you will call them to live a life that is, that, that is pleasing to you, a live a life that is, that is reaching out to others and being a disciple maker to others, growing in your word, talking to you in prayer, doing those little things every day that make a huge difference over a lifetime. So God, we thank you that, that you don't give up on us. You thank, we thank you for this chance, this second or third or fourth or fifth chance for some of us that you've given us. And God, I pray that you'll give us the strength to step into that chance and to live for you this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.